0: The British TV podcast with Chrissy and Ryan. News, reviews, what's on TV this week, DVD releases, and special features all about British TV. All set? Yeah. I mm-hmm. slip off my shoes like I usually do. Do you? Oh. Yes, I podcast better barefoot. No. Yeah.
1: Little no, facts we did not know. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the British TV podcast, show number 38. Woohoo! I'm Ryan in Seattle.
0: I'm Chrissy in Seattle. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you?
1: Did you know it's the solstice this week? You wouldn't know by looking outside. It's more like October.
0: Oh, I know that, uh, well, generally I'm dragged to the solstice parade in Fremont, but I wasn't this year, which I took to mean that the friend who usually drags me finally got brave enough to ride, but he didn't want anyone he knew to see him because the, the cyclists tend to ride nude in various states of body paint, but he had forgotten to, so.
1: Now, if you all want to be seen, wouldn't a parade be the worst place in the world to be?
0: Well, I think he wanted to blend in with the other painted naked people. Ah. But he had actually just forgotten it, and he was sad, actually. I should have reminded him. Oh, well.
1: Probably because he didn't think it was summer yet, because it that sure hasn't be. happened here yet.
0: Well, I know solstice means, you know, the t- same time of year. But, yeah, it felt too early for the parade to be upon us, and then suddenly it was...
1: I saw something from last Christmas called Steve Coogan, The Inside Story. Yes. Have you seen that? Yes. Basically a hour-long and more entertaining version of the Steve Coogan feature we did way back when with clips and interviews with real right. people and funny character bits with Vic and Bob and Steve and Julie Davis.
0: Well, yeah, she's worked with him a lot.
1: Well, but at the end, Steve and Julia start kissing while dressed as old ladies. Now, she's married to...
0: To Julian Barrett. Right. Father of his twin boys, so mother of his twins.
1: Right. Is, Who's Steve Coogan married to?
0: He's not married at the moment, I don't think.
1: Okay, so but they were just messing around. Yes. Okay. I was confused by but that. But
0: she, first I ever saw of her actually was when she toured with him in The Man Who Thinks He's It in the late 90s. She and Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg was doing stand up to start the show and then little bits in between the acts small portions of which survive on the video that came out, although they cut most of his bits. And uh, yeah, Peg and Julia were both touring with the men, so that's how I became acquainted with her.
1: And you've seen Steve Kugel live?
0: On video, not really. Oh, 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 you
1: saw the video. No. Oh, okay. Uh,
0: The man who thinks he's it. And I haven't seen the latest video stemming from his last live tour, which was Steve Kugel. Is Alan Partridge and other less popular characters, <laughs> but was the full title of their tour. But hmm.
1: I saw a trailer over the weekend that he was he popped up as one of the cast members in the other guys. It's a comedy cop movie with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Michael Keaton's in it. Samuel Jackson's got a cameo in it. The Rock, and there was uh, Steve Coogan popping up as well. I was yeah. like, wow, this has got a great cast in it. But it's buddy comedy, which Maybe good, maybe not. Oh, well.
0: Oh, well. He pops up in a lot of indies, American indies. He did Finding Amanda, which was a Matthew Broderick movie, extremely low budget. He played sort of a casino host in Vegas who got to smack Matthew Broderick around a bit. And he was in The Alibi, which was a straight-to-video. Henry Rollins was in that, among other people. And he was the lead in that, where he was running a company that would create an airtight alibi for you if you had done something wrong. As long as it wasn't murder, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't cover for murder. And then Happy Endings, which is a great ensemble piece. He played Lisa Kudrow's stepbrother. So a lot of Steve Coogan out there. He he does a lot of work. That guy is a workaholic. How he finds time to be in the tabloids, I don't know. I don't get tired very easily of Steve Coogan. He's great.
1: Yes. (laughs) News. Mm -hmm. Showtime is signing up for a fourth and final season of Secret Diary of a Call Girl. The Premium Cable Network will run another round of the UK-based comedy series, which chronicles the adventures of a British escort played by Billy Piper. The season, which will be the last of the show, whose fate on both shores has been uncertain in recent weeks. There was also talk of a movie, although that was in a Mm -hmm. tabloid, which could be unconfirmed.
0: Did you see the last series?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Well, the very last episode, she's just been hired to go be a private escort for a gentleman on his own island, and she's being walking out to a private jet that's going to fly her there and just saying to the camera how much she loves her life. And then her long-suffering best friend, former boyfriend in college, best friend for 10 years or so, has sent her a note suggesting maybe they should take another stab at being a couple. And then the series ends guess we'll find out what happened. Ito Goldberg, who plays Ben, her best friend. He's not in a ton of stuff, and I wish he was. I think he's very good. I like watching him.
1: Are they going off book now?
0: Oh, they never were on book. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) Didn't one of the episodes uh, I was seeing from the interview that you gave me actually had her character write a book? Yes. And so they actually had her at the book launch. So they kind of done that part of her life that she's now kind of a, quote, public figure.
0: Well... The book came out, um, the real Belle actually only was a working girl for about 10 months because she was finishing her PhD and needed some cash to get her over the hump while still giving her enough time to study and finish up all her degree because she's a scientist. And it was always something that was going to have a beginning, middle, and end for her. Whereas Belle in the TV show thinks of it as her career. Right. And ongoing and has no plans to stop. So, the book was that she puts out in the third series wasn't really like the real book. Hmm. And the um, real Belle de Jour is much higher level of education than our Miss Billy's Hannah character does.
1: Yeah. Well, they're different people. I mean, it's yes. TV.
0: It really very rarely would quote even a line from the book. So. Hmm. It's nothing like what's really... Now, I understand that actually there is another Belle book that's completely fiction by the real Belle du Jour, who um, fictionalized herself. And um, the only time I can think of that being done is the, um, the Donny Brasco guy, because the Donny Brasco was really his... Um, experiences being an undercover FBI agent in the mob, but after he wrote that book, and they made the Johnny Depp, Al Pacino movie, blah, 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 he keeps writing books, except now he, his he's a character in his own books, and he's making up stories that he didn't do, which is weird. And I guess this is sort of what's going on with uh, Beldescher, too. And hey, Brooke's writing these? Yeah. Oh, okay. Brooke Magnanti. I've, I was just noticing that on uh, British Amazon. Huh. Her third book which stars bell but now bell's a character has come out.
1: So okay, well that's yeah. uh, that's interesting. A more power to her. Did you see or read about the speech that Stephen Fry delivered to BAFTA about television? Nope. I saw a transcript of it and I would not attempt to even try to do justice to summarize what he was doing. He thinks that Britain and television in Britain is great, but it you know, he feels like he can criticize it as well. One...
0: Oh, yeah, I did read a little bit about it. It infantilizes its audience in some regards. And...
1: Yeah, see, he cited that the only two things the BBC seem to be proud of right now are Doctor Who and Merlin, and they're both aimed at children. Those are children's programs. They're not made for adults, and that got some of the media back up. I mean, he's got a point. Uh, there's been quite a bit of debate lately talking about whether British dramas are on the decline because all the good ones seem to be Americans, that we're much more apt to try experimental things and the best shows have almost completely dropped the episodic format for long-running shows that like The Lost where it's almost like a serial
0: well I can't comment on American TV (laughs) as you know I don't watch it
1: I'm still finding the British ones to be good but (laughs) Mm -hmm. perhaps homegrown that way I mean it like my famous radio interview on Radio 4 there where they thought, oh, well, all the best shows are Americans because we think ours are all trite and corny. And I'm like, well, it's your perspective that gives you that because, of course, we like the British stuff.
0: We do. And it's wealth of sketch, sketch comedy and the topical news quizzes, although there's so many of them now. I think I preferred it when it was just waiting for our eight episodes of Have I Got News for You twice a year. But
1: Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but a sketch comedy in this country pretty much starts and ends with Saturday Night Live.
0: Yeah, that's true, because MAD TV's gone. Yeah. hmm.
1: I mean, topical humor-wise, you get the fake newscasts of Daily Show and The Colbert Report. Right. Well, what's on TV for the week of June 23rd to the 29th? Wednesday, most of the country will probably knock off early at 3 p.m. to watch the England versus Algeria World Cup match, which will decide who advances to the next round. And it'll be on BBC One.
0: ITV-1 counters another Midsummer Murders, starring John Nettles, called Second Sight.
1: On BBC4 and 930 will be Christopher Eccleston's turn as John Lennon in Lennon Naked. It sketches a moving tale about the demons that tortured Lennon in the late 60s when his fame and his half-timbered Surrey mansion became a kind of spiritual prison from which he found anarchic ways to escape, such as photographing himself naked with Yoko Ono. She's played by Naoki Mori.
0: Thursday, ITV1 has a new episode of Taggart cro- titled Crossing the Line.
1: The current events comedy panel show, Mock the Week, continues on BBC2.
0: Friday, Little Britain's David Walliams, who just got married, by the way, mm. narrates a BBC documentary called Are You Having a Laugh? TV and Disability about how television has, badly, portrayed people with disabilities. It is pretty cringeworthy stuff, so be prepared to gasp at all the political incorrectness and ignorance on display over the years.
1: Oh, yeah. The fourth season of The IT Crowd returns to Channel 4, Friday at 10 p.m., and we'll have a feature about The IT Crowd later in the show.
0: Friday night with Jonathan Ross on BBC One has Sean Locke and some singer. Only named Kylie Minogue.
1: Kylie.
0: Kylie. As the men behaving badly would have said. Oh, yeah. Kylie.
1: (laughs) And then she finally turned up in a Christmas special.
0: That's true.
1: And Late Night on Channel 4 is Stand Up for the Week, hosted by Patrick Kilty. It features a regular team of stand-ups talking about the week's politics, sports, and celebrity news. Of
0: course. Can't have too many of those news quizzes. Saturday at 6.05 p.m. on BBC One, it's the season finale of Doctor Who. The Big Bang will at last reveal all the mysteries that have been leading up to the big climax. It's 55 minutes long, and we, or Ryan, can tell you with confidence that the last 20 minutes will not be the Doctor preparing to regenerate, because Matt Smith will be back as the Doctor at Christmas.
1: I think it's going to be awesome. So let me ask you, did you watch the Pandora Opens?
0: Yes, of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. I thought about it. And I thought, no, I need that. And it's kind of sort of sublime to think about it for a week, <laughs> too. You know, you can wait or you can just think about, oh, it could be this or that. And I tell you, I posted, I wrote you my revised opinion of River Song, and I posted that on the Chrissy has Paul McGann without, on the brain. Without pity and... Um, so far, people are kind of saying, ooh, that would be kind of cool, wouldn't it?
1: Chrissy, Paul McGann will be back before Christopher Eccleston.
0: Well, they could digitally, menu- yeah.
1: It's not going to happen.
0: McGann still does the audio adventures, though. Christopher seems to have just oh, did, still have a sour taste in his mouth. But...
1: You saw the interview in the, in this week's Radio Times, right? No. Oh, he finally comped. why he quit. He said he oh. didn't like the, the conditions. He just had a really bad uh, vibe on the crew, and, and oh. uh, he wanted out of there.
0: Um, I've heard people who worked with him at the time saying he's a grumpy Gus. So it went I think both he's ways.
1: a serious actor. Mm-hmm. And although he says I'm not embarrassed about being Doctor Who, he was very proud to be in the series and he was happy that it came back and, and it was really big. But he just it wasn't the show for him.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if he sort of went into it not even fully committed, but. Mm-hmm. It was a a good launch.
1: He'd never been a regular on a TV series before, Mm -hmm. and it takes them nine months to shoot those.
0: Yeah. Now, how are you liking Matt Smith? Do you still miss David? I'm just looking forward to seeing David in other things, and I don't miss him at all as the Doctor. I'm really enjoying Matt Smith, but my mom said she is still missing David.
1: David Tennant is not my favorite Doctor Who. Okay. The new guy is fine, and like I said a few weeks ago, the day that Matt Smith leaves, everyone will be like, oh, this new guy is no Matt Smith. Eccleston certainly can make the case for that he was the doctor from day one. You mm-hmm. totally bought into him. Although his portrayal at times was, was a little bit odd. But Matt Smith you know, has all these great little quirks and stuff. And he's just been bang right from the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And even in lesser episodes, you know, you mm-hmm. watch the Matt Smith moments.
0: Yeah, I, I really like him a lot. I, I quite enjoy watching him not acting, but acting, I'm not getting any theatrics from him. It feels very real. I like his take on the character. See, I don't. I hear a lot of people saying, oh, he's like two with a little bit of seven and a little bit of, and I don't know the old doctors at all. So right. to me, he's just good, And but he does seem like a very ancient soul in a young body, and that's kind of fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I was was going to say that I'm not worried about David Tennant and his career, although I saw the next thing he's going to do is a remake of Fright Night, Mm -hmm. which basically is a 1980s movie about a has-been late-night TV show host played by Roddy McDowell, and he gets involved with real vampires. And I'm thinking, isn't David Tennant a bit young to be playing a has-been TV host? Maybe (laughs) in like 40 years he could play that part. Well, that's like it's because you're just young, but it's like, you know, part of the gag was it was Roddy McDowell, who, you know, wasn't exactly flying high in the 1980s. Okay. Well. And I just think David Tennant could be conquering other worlds or touring with Hamlet. There you go. Oh, well. So back to Saturday. Yeah. Uh Doctor Who Confidential is on afterwards on BBC Three at 7 p.m.
0: Sunday, Channel 4 has Scrap Heap Challenge.
1: BBC2 has a new season of the wildly popular car show Top Gear with Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, James May, and the Stig. Jeremy asks why aren't there more three-wheeled cars in the world? James attempts to drive a Toyota Hilux up an active volcano in Iceland, and the Stig rips up the track in a new Bentley Continental Supersports. Plus, Richard gives the old Chevrolet La Sita a dignified send-off before he and Clarkson host a star-studded tea party to welcome in a shiny, new, reasonably-priced car.
0: ITV has another Lewis, mystery starring Kevin Whateley. It's called Life Born of Fire.
1: Alan Carr Chettyman is on Channel 4 Sunday with guests Jordan and her latest husband, Enrique Inglesis, and James Corden.
0: Well, the ever present James Corden. He is the you kind uh, of rip
1: that title away from yeah, Bannerman the, and
0: Johnny Vegas. And yeah, <laughs> and there's always got to be one. Yes. Monday, the Graham Norton show is on BBC One. Guests include Jason Manford and Russell Brand's fiance, Miss Katy Perry.
1: Another Taggart is on ITV One.
0: Tuesday. The highlight is probably the repeat on BBC Two of the delightful comedy Miranda, starring Miranda Hart. Check it out if you missed it the first time around. It's very charming and she is quite funny.
1: Have you seen him yet? No. No. Oh.
0: It's funny. I, I had posted about her. I don't post that often, believe it or not, but I posted about her on the Internet Movie Database once because I've. They were writing out, gosh, is she attractive or not? Because she's so out of the norm. And I think she's fantastic. I would much rather look at someone who looks like her than a supermodel any day. So, She
1: plays uh, down her looks because she doesn't wear a lot of makeup and she has a mm-hmm. very short haircut. But yeah, you know, I think she's sexy in her own way.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And she's funny. Funny. And she's six foot one. Yeah.
0: That's, you have to be. Have some self-esteem to be six foot one and stand up straight. And she said she was very sporty at her girls' school, too. She was always playing all the sports. So
1: You should check her out in Not Going Out on Fridays on BBC America as well, if you folks well, out there the want f- to see her. The first
0: time I saw her, she would occasionally pop up and smack the pony. In their video clip, she would be posh women saying, well, I'm not going to say anything. You know, I'm too posh. You can have a good look at me. And then kind of out of the corner of her mouth, I have a castle. (laughs) And then looking down again. (laughs) So she she was in my consciousness a long time ago, and and Ah. I think she's great. The puppet comedy, Mongrels, continues on BBC Three.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a one-off, but apparently it's a series. Mm. In the United States on BBC America this week, Wednesday, there's Top Gear, The In-Betweeners, and Peep Show.
0: Friday, Not Going Out, and Friday Night with Jonathan Ross.
1: Saturday on Doctor Who, Vincent and the Doctor has the Doctor and Amy meeting Vincent Van Gogh in an episode written by Richard
0: Curtis. Richard (gasps) Curtis, huh?
1: Oh! Oh. (laughs) I know, I'm silly.
0: Graham Norton is also on Saturday.
1: Monday, new episodes of Top Gear.
0: Tuesday, Ashes to Ashes continues.
1: The Sundance Channel has Shameless on Friday nights.
0: On Adult Swim on Friday night, there is Look Around You at 1.30 a.m.
1: The second season of Merlin continues on the Sci-Fi Channel Friday.
0: PBS's Masterpiece Mystery has a new Miss Marple mystery, Blue Geranium, Sunday. I watched the one last night, another world premiere. I quite enjoyed it. I like them a lot. I like this new Miss Marple. I've read that she's playing it. She considers herself playing Miss Marple very close to the character at the beginning of the earlier Miss Marple books, whereas Geraldine wanted to play her a little more womanly and not wearing sharp looking very austere with the sharp suits like Joan Hickson. So she played her a little bit more, if you will, urbane like the latter Miss Marple books.
1: Still filled with an all-star cast? Loving
0: the gore. oh yeah, we had um Matthew Horn and Ruth Jones were reunited on this episode wow. last night. Big fun there. Edward Fox. Is he still around? Yeah. Wow. The Fox Dynasty. So is now is Edward or Jane his brother James? Which one is Billy Piper's Father-in-law now. Couldn't
1: tell you. She married
0: one of the kids. I so. don't follow that. And then there's Amelia, Amelia Fox. Amelia, yep. yeah. The acting foxes. Well, of which Billy's now associated by marriage and has a little fox of her own.
1: <laughs> That's true. You're right. Yes. DVD releases. There's one this week, but it's a goodie. Stephen Fry in America. Yay. You check that out, so right?
0: I uh, I watched them all, yeah. Stephen Fry in America.
1: I'm going to see about half of them. Uh, We have a clip here from when he's in Mississippi.
2: This journey was taking me up the great highway that goes all the way, more or less, alongside the Mississippi, from New Orleans to Chicago, Route 61. More or less, in the middle of it, one finds... This place, Clarksdale, Mississippi, which stars itself the home of the blues. So many of the great blues musicians were born here and around here. One of those magical and inexplicable places, rather like, I don't know, Salzburg. Why should Mozart and Schubert and Haydn all come from a small town in Austria? Why should perhaps the most influential music form of the 20th century have come from this frankly, rather desolate, dirt-poor place, Clarksdale, Mississippi. Seems like the middle of nowhere. All it has left to live on is the former glory of its music.
1: Yeah, I never got to see, what did he do when he came to Washington State?
0: He went to the aquarium down in Seattle, and he went to the Pike Place Market and ate those little donuts that you get 13 in a little bag, and that's hot and greasy, and he went yum, 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 yum. He, he wasn't dieting then. He he ate quite well on his journey through the States, and I liked him in Alabama, too, walking around the football game because a very close friend of mine and her husband are both very active at Auburn University, which was where they were filming, and she hasn't missed a home game in 10 years, so she's said she was there somewhere during that game while well, he was getting painted with the Auburn colors, and... <laughs>
1: Do you know over what period of time that series was shot?
0: It was a couple of years ago, because on his website... I, I mean, how say, long
1: did it actually take him to do all 50?
0: He did three months, and then he took a break and came back again. Okay. And I know he had put on his website that if people spotted him in his rented black cab, they should take a picture and send it to where they were and when they had spotted him. But I don't know that he ever did anything of that. He just... It unless there's a unless it's in the book, perhaps, that accompanied the series, which I haven't seen.
1: I was wondering if it was a rental because it noticed it was a left-hand drive. Right. I mean, it was american Oh, yeah. He based. did
0: say at the big first of the series it was a rental, and he did not get to take it to Alaska or Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've
1: seen like two out of, what, five or six episodes?
0: Yeah, I think there's five.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't get to see them all. But now it's available on DVD, and all you fine people can check it out. Stephen Fry in America.
0: Yeah, what an interesting... Life. I liked how he just really went to things that I had not seen before. Little pockets in the Midwest of, in Minnesota, I believe there's a whole area where
1: hundreds yeah, I saw of that people one.
0: from another country have just settled there. But I liked him going to the body farm and watching that. And it was just, as I said, he, like Paul Merton, when he does his travel documentaries, it's a lot of stuff I hadn't seen before. Because quite often you do have people who want to show certain things off in another country and take you to the same old landmarks. And like when Paul Merton was in China, the officials wanted him to film the wall of China and he had to sneak out and film the guy who made robots. <laughs> or he had to take a little one little camera guy and ditch his handlers that the government had provided just to go to Dog Avenue and show where the dog restaurants were and things like that. So Stephen didn't perhaps have to overthrow that kind of regiment, but he's still, I think, really, he and the people who set this up for him really thought outside the box. Yeah, they're well-researched. And I researched. applaud them, yes. Yes.
1: So our feature this week is on the IT Crowd. Friday sees the return of merely what I call the best comedy of the past 10 years, The IT Crowd. This Channel 4 sitcom begins its fourth season with the continuing misadventures of Moss, Roy, and Jen, and their lonely IT department in the basement of Renholm Industries. So our first question is, what is IT? I'm
3: no Stephen Hawkins, don't get me wrong, but you can't work as long as I have in IT without having a pretty firm grasp of the essentials. You know, what exactly does IT stand for? I've often wondered, but I never thought to ask. I'm sorry, what was the question? What does IT stand for? What does it stand for? What doesn't it stand for? (laughs) Yes, yes, but what does it stand for? It stands for... It stands for... Commitment. It stands for audacity. It stands for courage in the face of... Yes, yes, I can see what you're getting at. But the specific letters, I-T, what do they stand for? What do you think they stand for? No, perhaps I'm not making myself clear. I'm not looking for an interpretation. Oh. I really don't know what the letters actually stand for. <laughs> so let's start with the I. Well, what does the I stand for? I need to wee-wee. What? I mean go to the toilets. I need to go to the toilet. Sorry, I, I don't normally say wee-wee.
0: It's just I'm bursting.
1: You know what it stands for, don't you?
0: Information technology, I would guess. That's right. All right.
1: <laughs> that was Katherine Parkinson as Jen. In the first episode, Jen demonstrated an equally vague understanding of computers during her successful job interview that leads her to become the manager of the IT department. We then meet her other members of their team, Roy and Moss, played by Chris O'Dowd and Richard Iowade, respectively. Let's listen to Roy's standard procedure for dealing with <laughs> calls to the IT department.
3: Hello, it. Have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> oh, okay, well, the button on the side, is it glowing? Yeah, you need to turn it on. Um, the button turns it on. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you do know how a button works, don't you? No, not on clothes. No, no, there you go. No, there you go. I just heard it come on. No, no, that's the music you hear when it comes on. No, that's the music you hear when... It... I'm sorry, are you from the past?
0: <laughs>
3: oh, really? Ray, really? well, why don't you come down here and make me then? Huh? What, you think I'm afraid of you? I'm not afraid of you. You can come down here anytime and I'll be waiting for you.
2: I
1: told her. <laughs> so who are the folks behind the IT crowd and what makes it such a funny program? The creator and writer of IT Crowd is Graham Linehan. He began his career as a music journalist working for Hot Press in Dublin before forming a TV writing partnership with Arthur Matthews that saw the pair create the classic 1990s comedy Father Ted. He describes his favorite audience as "...me and my dad watching the same thing together, watching Faulty Towers and being able to laugh together." Linem found the idea for the show after calling a man to come around and fix his computer. He says, quote, My wife opened the door, and instead of saying, Hello, I'm here to see Graham, he just said, You're not Graham. Later, I asked him why there weren't more people doing this door-to-door IT stuff. He replied, They don't have the people skills. And I thought, Okay, there's a sitcom. And we also like Graham Lynham's Big Train.
0: It's one of my favorites. And that's even out in the United States to rent. I saw that they had it at Netflix.
1: Oh, ah, cool. Richard Iwate, who plays Moss, was born in 1977 to a Norwegian mother and Nigerian father.
0: And those two nationalities make one attractive little baby, don't they? I, I, I like Richard because he's actually handsome enough. He could be a leading man, but he prefers to do the comedy gig, which I think is great.
1: He doesn't have leading man hair.
0: Oh, he could make his he could cut his hair and put a little moose in there. It would be fine. He, hmm. But if you've just seen his publicity shots versus him and his a goofy character, it's my 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 handsome gentleman.
1: Okay. Well, along with Matthew Holness, he wrote the character of Garth Moringi, first for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and later for the cult Channel Four series Garth Moringi's Dark Place, with Holness in the role. In Dark Place, Ayawade played Garth's publisher, Dean Lerner, who we discover is the worst actor in the world and cannot perform if anybody else is in the room. The character of Dean Lerner was later spun off into his own series, a mock chat show called Man to Man with Dean Lerner. Lerner was now a late-night chat show host, think a sleazy Hugh Hefner, who reveals a truly sadistic streak as he humiliates and abuses his guest, each week played by Matthew Holness.
0: Yeah, speaking of uh, the IT crowd, has Matthew shown up in the IT crowd? Because I haven't seen them all. Because Matthew Holness played the IT guy in the second series of The Office. So it's kind of funny. They're all playing IT people here or there. I'll look it up.
1: To answer your question about Matthew Holness, according to the IMDB, he's not been very busy lately since Man to Man with Dean Lerner in 2006. The only thing he's been in was Free Agents in 2009. So he's not been on TV very much lately. Ayawade also appeared in The Mighty Bush, where he played the shaman Sabu, alongside Noel Fielding and Julian Barrett.
0: Now, he was in the stage shows that they did, all in the late 90s, and he couldn't be in the first series. He was in the
1: pilot, but yes, he was not available for the series.
0: Right. He was under contract with Channel 4 and couldn't do it. It was something weird. You don't usually hear about actors being bound to one station, unless you're Jonathan Ross, but... Yeah, he played the original Dixon Brainbridge in all the shows, but got uh, replaced by Matt Barry for the first series. But then they, he got to be in, this, he got to be a little bit in the first series, and then they brought him back a couple times in the second and third series with the Boosh as well. And he was in Nathan Barley.
1: That's right, I spotted him when I was going back to old episodes.
0: Playing one of the idiots yes. mentioned in The Rise of the Idiots. Magazine piece that Jillian Barrett's character writes in the first episode. So it all links. And, and he was also, I'm pretty sure he was president of the Footlights somewhat after Mitchell and Webb had made their mark there. He's he, pretty
1: young. I mean.
0: Yeah. Well, if you look at the Footlights page, I mean, you'll see they that Richard was kind of there maybe about eight years ago, a couple years earlier, Mitchell and Webb. You go back another 15 years. Who, Laurie? go back further still. It just goes on and on.
1: He's obviously a very talented guy. Yeah. And as Moss in the IT crowd, Ayawade is truly the nerd's nerd, but his hilarious reactions to everything always get a laugh.
3: Is this your stapler, Roy? No. No, it's not. I used it for one thing. How many staples did you use? Six or seven. (laughs) One, (laughs) two, three, four... Five, six, is that seven? Why do you need to know? I just do. I need to know. You know I need to know, and you never count how many staples you've used. Eight, nine, oh, five, five, ten, eight, is that
1: twenty? Chris O'Dowd, who plays Roy, has a shorter TV resume, but includes the over-the-top comedy Roman's Empire, where he was buddies with Gavin and Stacey's Matthew Horne. The original boss of Reinholm Industries was played by Chris Morris. Morris's satirical comedies, The Day Today and Brass Eye, set up TV journalism and caused a lot of controversy for fooling figures of authority, particularly politicians in one case, that a fake drug called cake was taking over Britain and calling on them to ban cake.
0: That's right. They had they would give somebody a cake sized pill and claim it was actual size of the cake tablet the size of a small layer cake that these are the youth of degenerate youth of britain were imbibing
1: yeah he was sort of doing the uh, colbert report thing except that he wouldn't tell them it was a comedy program and they thought it was actually a proper news show because they would shoot all these things before they actually went on air
0: we'll do a chris morris show soon let's yeah i we like go. him
1: morris's character in the it crowd denholm Reinholm, was mm-hmm. a change of pace to see him playing a supporting role in somebody else's comedy Denholm came to a bad end when a scandal caused him to jump out of the building's window and kill himself unexpectedly. His illegitimate son, Douglas, played by Matt Berry, took over the company and continues to run it like his own personal fiefdom.
3: What's your problem? This is the problem. The iPod parties are the problem. The gold flakes in the drinking water are the problem. (laughs) The obscene amount you spend on erotic art. Easy there, that's an original. (laughs) Do you know how much trouble we're in? Do you know what the shareholders are going to do with us? Oh! <laughs> I'm sorry, but you were getting hysterical. No, I wasn't. You seemed hysterical. No. Anyway, don't worry about the shareholders. I can handle them. But you've missed every single meeting with them for the last seven weeks. Where were you last time? <laughs> You're going to hate me for this, but I fancied the day off. So uh, I took some of the pension money out of the bank, and I lost it on a horse. <laughs> You were gambling with our employees' pensions. Gambling? No, 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 no. I was riding a horse and it fell out of my pocket.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm not hysterical! (laughs) Catherine Parkinson, who plays Jen, has been a regular on the Martin Clunes comedy drama Doc Martin, playing his clueless secretary since 2005. She also appeared in Katie Brand's big-ass show in many of the sketches. We keep waiting for that to show up on BBC America. They still have it listed as coming soon, but they've been Mm. doing that for a year now, so... When do we get to see Katie Brand? Ass
0: is not going to fit in the doorway if if they keep waiting any longer. Oh,
1: I I like Katie Brand's show. I do, too. very funny.
0: I was just making a silly on the name of the show.
1: In addition to the IT crowd, Catherine also co-stars in The Old Guys. Every one of her characters is always a bit dim, but Catherine brings enough charm to the parts to make them enduring. Other recurring characters include Noel Fielding as Richmond, the third IT guy who's a goth that mostly stays in the boiler room and is only occasionally glimpsed. Some of my favorite episodes have included season two's The Work Outing. (laughs) Jen is asked on a date by Philip from Six to watch a play, and when Roy and Moss doubt the sexual preferences of her date, they invite themselves along in the hope of a hilarity ensuing. Roy and Moss' suspicions are further reinforced when the play turns out to be a production of Gay, a Gay Musical. The first time I watched that and they revealed the title, I nearly bust a gut. I literally was pounding the table in laughter. Is it sad? I know. But the joke was set up so well that the payoff just killed me. This leads to Roy pretending to be disabled and Moss working at the theater. Jen finally confronts her date about his sexuality. He comes clean, saying he hoped his relationship with Jen would work because she looks like a man. Another great episode was The Dinner Party, where an attempt by Jen to put on a posh dinner party all goes wrong, though mostly it's not Moss and Roy's fault. You remember the name of her uh, boyfriend then, right? No. Peter File? Oh. Oh. Which. Horrible. (laughs) Roy couldn't help saying, sounds a little bit like pedophile. Mm
0: hmm.
1: That led to a whole comedy misunderstanding. And then there's season three's The Speech, where Roy and Moss decide to set up Jen when she asks them to write a speech for her. What is it?
3: This, Jen, is the internet. That's right. This is the internet? (laughs) The whole internet? (laughs) Yep. I asked for a loan of it so that you could use it in your speech. (laughs) It's so small. That's one of the surprising things about it. Hang on. It doesn't have any wires or anything. It's wireless. (laughs) Oh, yes, everything's wireless nowadays, isn't it? So I can really use it in my speech? What if someone needs it? Oh, no, no. People will still be able to go online and everything. It'll still work. Oh, good. good. I tell you, you present this to the shareholders and you will get quite a response. Mm. Can I touch it? Ooh. It's so light. Of course it is, Jen. The internet doesn't weigh anything. <laughs> no, of course it doesn't. <laughs> hey! What is Jen doing with the internet? (laughs) Ma said I could use it for my speech. Are you insane? What if she drops it? I won't drop it. I'll look after it.
2: No, 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 Jen. No, this...
3: This needs to go straight back to Big Ben. (laughs) Big Ben? Yeah, it goes on top of Big Ben. That's where you get the best reception. I won't let anything happen to it. No, Jen, I'm sorry, but the elders of the internet would never stand for it. No, no, Roy, I spoke to the elders of the internet not one hour ago. I told them about Jen winning employee of the month and they were so impressed that they wanted to do whatever they could to help. Wait a minute. The elders of the internet... The elders of the internet know who I am? You've got to let me have it! No, Jen, I'm sorry. It's just too risky. Oh, please, Roy. Well, Moss, has it been completely demagnetized? By Stephen Hawking himself. (laughs) Who sends his congratulations, by the way. Well, if it's okay with the hawk. So, can I have it?
1: You can. Their prank backfires when Jen's audience is just as clueless as she is and equally impressed with her demonstration of the internet. Later, it's accidentally smashed, leading everyone in the room to panic, thinking the world has come to an end, providing Roy and Moss with the funny moment they were hoping to see. I think The IT Crowd is an excellent workplace sitcom, with its fearlessly doing, over-the-top plots and somewhat cartoony characters. Graham Lynham insists on shooting it in front of a live audience because he very much believes in the traditional sitcom format. And even though it makes fun of the IT people who make our machines work, By having them be the heroes of the show, we're on their side even when humiliation strikes. I assume you'd seen them all because you made DVDs of them for me.
0: No, they're on my huge, enormous to-be-watched list, but I've seen some of them.
1: I had a lot of people over for our annual holiday party last year, and as usual, they're like, Well, Ryan, entertain us! Oh, okay. Oh, that's
0: right. I missed that one, so I was not here.
1: I went through my things and, oh, the IT crowd. You guys should see this. And we just ran a marathon of like four or five episodes Mm -hmm. from the third season. And they went over extremely well. NBC at one time was very high on the IT crowd and decided to do an American remake. They shot a pilot and did one thing really smart. They hired Richard Ayoade, despite being a complete unknown in America, to recreate his part of Moss. Sadly, the rest didn't go as well, even with Joel McHale as Roy. McHale was miscast, and the difference between his performance and Chris O'Dowd's was noticeable. McHale would do much better a few years later in NBC's community. The part of Jen was really let down without Katherine Parkinson to lend her comic talent and neediness to the role. Despite announcing it picked up the series, NBC had a change of heart, and the IT crowd never made it onto the schedule. You can watch the first 10 minutes on YouTube if you have a particularly masochistic streak. We'll put a link up on our show notes.
0: Is it as bad as the first five minutes of the remake of Spaced? Or I, that has to be in a... Well, it has Richard Aiwade in it. Yeah.
1: And he's great. But Jen and Roy, you see them saying the lines and you yeah. just go, they're not funny.
0: Joel said the only bad thing about it not going to series was that America was deprived of getting to see Richard and getting to know him because he thought he was the funniest person he'd ever met.
1: When the show was going to come on, I thought if nothing else, it will make him a big mm-hmm. star and he will get something else, but he's still in England doing great things. So that's a uh, good news for us. Channel four, as we said, it begins the fourth season this week and has already commissioned a fifth season for next year, assuring us many more episodes of the it crowd in the United States. Episodes have been shown on the IFC channel The first three seasons are streamable on Netflix and available on Region 1 DVD. I highly recommend this series for fans of British comedy.
0: Now, I think I told you (laughs) the funny coincidence that happened to me regarding the IT crowd at work. I sit next to a woman named Nancy whose daughter is married to a Brit and now lives in Cambridge with him. And he works in IT. And he was interviewed recently by the paper there in Cambridge about how IT guys are no longer uncool and they're getting very hip because he's a bit of a goth and kind of trendy looking. So he sent the link of this interview to his mother-in-law, Nancy, and she was reading it. She said, they've put the wrong picture up. This isn't my son-in-law. And I look at it and and it was Moss. (laughs) Moss. <laughs> she didn't realize they were just using the picture of Moss to to show the old oh. image of an, a dorky IT guy. She thought that they'd put somebody else's picture up there. And she was so disappointed that they hadn't put her son-in-law's photo in there. But she sits next to me. So I was able to set her straight on exactly why that picture was there and who it was. Was
1: there but, a caption or something on it?
0: Um, no. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. She just, And it was right next to his big chunk of the interview, so she thought that they had made a mistake and put some person who wasn't her son-in-law up there in the paper.
1: Well, it was, but it was somewhat related right. to the uh, article there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Huh. So are IT guys cool now? I don't know any IT guys. I mean, I do my own IT, basically.
0: <laughs> I don't think my IT department listens to this podcast, so based on what I know... I've known one cool IT guy, and it was twenty years ago. And he had been a firefighter who broke his neck and had to be retrained. So he got into this new, brand new, uh, field of working in information technology. And he was a cool guy.
1: Yeah, ex-firefighter. I would imagine so.
0: Yeah, from Hawaii, who had been cliff diving. That's how he broke his neck.
1: Ooh.
0: And he had some function left, so he could he could type with you know two one finger on each hand, and he did. And he worked really, really hard and got us our first email system. This was in 1991,
1: so. 91? Yeah. Wow. I'm still using uh, Morse code. Yeah.
0: Just about, yeah. It was the pre-Windows thing with the the black screen and the green flickery lights. Oh, With the yes. letters, yep. mm So next week, do you have material on Russell Brand to do Russell Brand? I've got tons of material on Russell Brand. I've read his bookie book. Ah. I have seen his pre-stardom wonderful series he did called Rebrand for a little, that's very hard to get a hold of, but I have seven episodes of it and it's really, really good.
1: Let's do Russell Brand because I've Ponderland and I saw Get Him to the Greek last week.
0: Oh, I got to see that still.
1: He's great. He totally carries that movie. He does his own singing. Okay. Next week, Russell Brand. Okay. We'd like you to go to our website, which is www.britishtvpodcast.com. And there you can find links to headlines, show notes, what's on TV this week, an archive of our previous 37 episodes. You can send us feedback at feedback at com, And at the urging of Michael, we now have a Facebook page. Hey, Actually, we have Michael. a Facebook page and a Facebook group, because apparently there's two different things. But if you just do a search for British TV podcast on Facebook, you'll find it. We're a long way from getting uh, 10,000 members. In fact, we're 9,996 short. So uh, (laughs) we need to be friended by somebody who hasn't actually been on the show before. If that gets going, we'll uh, put more information and things. But apparently, in 2010, Facebook is a place to be. So we'll attempt to be trendy. Not going to get on Twitter yet. I think that's a huge waste of time. But that's just me. No offense to people out there who tweet. Do you have to work on Saturday? Yeah. So when do you actually get to see Doctor Who?
0: Oh, I'll see it Saturday. Okay. I managed to see this week's before I went to work at four. I had to wait till Sunday,
1: but uh, it was worth it.
0: Yeah, so I I watched it on my computer because I didn't have time to burn it and then go watch it in the living room. So my computer screen, I still don't have a new screen. I'm still looking for one. I might wait and watch it properly on my television once. When I get home from work because I'm off at nine this week, so.
1: Okay. So, everyone have a nice week and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.